Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome to the last, maybe ever, episode of the Pixelated Sauce Podcast. You may have noticed that there wasn't an episode last week and that was not my intention. I meant to record this episode last week talking about how the Pixelated Sausage Podcast was going to go on a break, a potentially forever break, a probably forever break, but it could see a facelift or a change and still exist in one way that I'll get to shortly. But yeah, Wednesday came around last week and I was like, huh, I got nothing to talk about and it will probably be good if I just skip this week after I completely just forgot on Wednesday and saw what it was like to go a week without doing this here show to see if I really wanted to end it. And it couldn't be any clearer that the best thing for everyone, you, me, everyone else, would be for me to bid adieu to this here show for now because my heart's on it and I talked about this on the last episode it's it's clear as can be I'd say to anyone who has been listening for a while that my heart my passion my love has been with stuff like attack the backlog and my newfound journey with streaming and that the pixelated sausage podcast has really just existed Because it's been around for so long. The legacy was strong. The legacy kept me going. The legacy is why I struggled to say goodbye. A show that's existed for now over 10 years, I believe. There's a lot there. There are a lot of episodes. I don't know what the final number is because I stopped numbering them. But I think it might be in the 800s. I don't think I cracked the 900s. But I would have to go and check. But it's been quite a few episodes that I've done of this show. Every single one of them solo. So I've talked to myself off the cuff for hours and hours and hours. And yeah, I think I'm all talked out. It's also sort of, in a way, been moved into the streaming realm where I am talking with viewers and whatnot. I think that has taken over what you would get out of this. Yes, of course, you don't get to experience that in the same way if you're not there live, but the archives exist. I do delete them now and then when I get into little moods, but uh, you can go back and watch those. So there, there is that. And yeah, it's just... This has been something that has just sort of been like, I don't want to say it's a thorn in my side, but it has been this thing that I'm just, I'm just doing because I feel like I have to do it and not because I want to do it. And I should never feel that way with any of this stuff because as you should know, this is all a hobby for me. This isn't my day job. This isn't what I get paid for. There are a handful of very, very lovely human beings who do support me via Patreon and via the streaming with their Prime subs. And I appreciate them more than I'll ever be able to express in words. It means the absolute world to me that anyone is willing to spend any amount of money supporting me and this 
endeavor, this nonsense that I put out there, attack the backlog, the streaming and, and everything. So I, I appreciate those people so very, very much. But this whole thing, pixelated sausage, etc., it ain't paying the bills. It's something I do because I love it. And the sad truth is I haven't loved doing this show for a long time. And it is sad to end it, to say goodbye. But sometimes you just have you have to do it. What I alluded to at the top of the show is that maybe this will still exist in a monthly fashion and not in the same way, but more so just as... I kind of talked about this last episode, I think, but just as a site update podcast where I tell you about what has happened during that month over at pixelatedsausage.com, whether it's, you know, news stories, what episodes of Attack the Backlog went live, what I've been streaming, what I plan to stream next, and just give you basic updates. Like a lot of Patreon-exclusive shows that are sort of updating, but it would just be out there for everyone to hear. It might turn into that. I don't know. Or it might just cease to exist altogether. I have not yet decided. And even if I do the monthly thing, that's not going to really take that much out of me. And it won't be anything where I'm talking about games in any way. It would just be, like I said, just an update thing. Giving you an idea of what happened in the previous month. And an outline of what to expect in the upcoming month. So, might exist still in that way. So, don't, so no, don't unsub just yet. But yeah, that's that what's happening. The show is officially ending. But before I do all that, let's have one last round of games to talk about. We've got a little bit more of The Ascent because there was a, a recent DLC pack, which isn't all that eventful, honestly, the, the DLC pack. That is a little game called Gravity Chase, another one called Demoniaca, <laughs> Demon, Demon, <laughs> Demon, Iaka. Demon, demon, I can't say it now. Demon, demoniaca, demoniaca. It has to be demoniaca. I don't like it because I want to say demonica, but that's not how it's spelled. It's demoniaca. D e m o n i a c a, maniaca, demoniaca. Everlasting night is the name of that game. Then breakneck city. And Kingdoms of Amalar Re-Reckoning. Which I think I talked about at some point. But uh, yeah. That's pretty much it for this here final episode. Nothing too exciting. But uh, yeah, the Ascent Cybersec Pact is really just a collection of like new armor and weapons. Not that much either. It's It's nothing super special. But I went back and I... Mess around with the Ascent. That's still a pretty good game. That is something that I would like to get to in the near future. The Cybersec Pact is fine. It's, you know, some decent stuff in there. Some alright looking things and, and, and equipment. But not anything that would rejuvenate one into revisiting the game. If you, if you played it, for instance, because it's, you know, I assume it's still a Game Pass game? Because I can't remember what the thing is with the Ascent. If... Microsoft published it, but it's it's not an 
internal developer. I know that. I think it's in the same vein as stuff like, well, fuck, never mind. The medium, Bloomberg. Boom, blah, 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 blah. That's no, that was just a partnership. They didn't buy that studio. I can't remember anymore. It's so confusing. Also, apparently Microsoft is going to buy Activision Blizzard. So that's a thing. For, I, I believe, less than what they paid for Bethesda and uh, what the hell is Bethesda's parent company? It's not Bethesda. I don't know. But uh, I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't be as expensive because. In reality, what is Activision outside of Call of Duty? They have the Spyro license and Crash. And I guess Crash has been somewhat alive, but like Skylanders, that has been dead for a while. And I don't think anything Spyro related has come out since they did that remake collection. And then Crash, we got Crash 4, which I believe was the last one a few years ago, which people liked, I think. But I don't know about anything on that because I don't know what the hell's going on with those developers. Just like, you know, every, everyone's just become like Call of Duty support studios, it feels like, at Activision. And that's all they do. And then you've got King, which should be a decent money bringer in there, right? With Candy Crush and probably some other mobile crap they do. And then, of course, Blizzard, which is the real diamond of the bunch. You got your Diablo. World of Warcraft, just Warcraft in general, uh, Starcraft, and Overwatch. And Hearthstone? Is Hearthstone? I, I always forget. Is Hearthstone, is Hearthstone the Steam, not the Steam, the Valve game? Or is that the, because Blizzard, no, what Blizzard, no, Valve tried something. Hearthstone's Blizzard, I think. And Valve tried that other thing that they quickly said, nah, we're, we're removing this. We fucked up with the monetization or something. And then I think they brought it back. I don't know because I didn't play either of them. I've thought about getting into Hearthstone, especially on occasion when my buddy Enshi would talk about it because I, I feel like he was really into it, then stopped, and then would get back into it for a time, and then would stop and get back into it. And every time he'd get back into it, he'd talk about how he's just like remembering how great it was or something, or I don't know. I can't remember exactly. But I I think I could like it. Seems like a good iPad game. But that seems like the the real get of it, those properties. But like it's it's a weird acquisition just in the sense that I I guess anything like the thought of Call of Duty becoming Xbox exclusive seems weird the thought of those games i mean like world of warcraft if it got a console port that'd be pretty cool that would actually be pretty cool i would i would be willing to give it another shot because i enjoyed what i played i did the like 20 level 20 trial when that was the thing they had or i i think that was something they had afterwards i think i did like a 14 day trial whatever i think i did a 14 day trial or either they had the, the <laughs> they might have had like the level 20 thing and also a 14 day trial. And I did the 14 day trial and I got to level 20 pretty quickly and had room and time to level up even more. And I just stopped after hitting that point. But I remember liking what I played. 
Translating an MMO to console can be tricky, though, if it's not something you originally set out to do. Because, like, I, I really, really, really liked Neverwinter Nights or something or other. I think it was a near-launch Xbox One game, uh, free-to-play MMO. Played the hell out of that. Really had fun with that. But uh, I feel like I've heard people say that World of Warcraft wouldn't translate as well. But I don't know. I'm sure they could do it. And then you've got Diablo 4, whenever that comes out. Should be a good time. I don't think that's going to transition to an exclusive. But who the fuck knows? I don't know. Then, I mean, StarCraft is not coming to consoles. And what is, I don't even know what the state of StarCraft is or Warcraft after the Warcraft remaster thing debacle. I, they might have recovered from that. I don't know. And uh, Overwatch and Overwatch 2, who the fuck knows what's happening there either. So, and of course, you know, there's a, the, the things that have been going on with the studios and everything there. I mean, the thing that I look at is that Hopefully this means Bobby Kotick is gone and that work, the work environment and work, everything like it, it would be best or like what I would want most out of this is one more than anything is for the work environment to be better. After that, I would love it if Call of Duty went off of the annual schedule and instead released a game only every three or even four years. And that instead of having so many studios exist only to support Call of Duty and its yearly release schedule and the Warzone and the mobile and everything, that these studios, like Vicarious Visions, who's not, I don't think, Call of Duty, but like they're basically like, here, you're the Diablo supporter, you're the Blizzard support team. I want to see these studios and these talented people get to work on original projects, whether they're original projects in already existent IP. You know, why not have Vicarious Visions make a proper new Tony Hawk game or something new altogether? There's a lot of talent there, and I feel like so much of it is wasted on a very small select of games and properties. So that is something I would love to see because they've got, they got some talent there and maybe some of the, the stuff that Microsoft owns in other places, they could work on that. Be, be, be cool. Toys for Bob. That's, that's an Activision thing, right? Or do they not even exist anymore? They were like the Skylanders people, right? Have them come back and make a Skylanders E. Let's let's bring back the Toys for Life thing, but with Viva Pinata, because I just want some fucking I want a bunch of little Viva Pinata figures. Gosh darn it! But uh, yeah, that was a whole thing. Anywho, back to the games. Gravity Chase is a wipeout like game that doesn't look that great, doesn't play that well, and has no menu to speak of. So if you want to know the controls or how anything works, the the combat in it is as unsatisfying as it can get. I cannot believe how unsatisfying the combat and shooting other uh, ships, I guess you call them ships, uh, during races is. But the weirdest thing to me is that you launch the game and then it just like throws you into a race. And you can pause it and there are options to either quit 
or go to the menu. When you go to the menu, nothing happens. And if you complete the race, thinking that maybe you have to do an initial race before it'll let you go to the main menu, there, there just isn't a menu. If you want to go into like the settings to see what the control scheme is like, or maybe adjust audio or anything, there's nothing. It's a very weird bare bones game and UI and just everything. And then the game itself is just kind of meh. I I had no interest in revisiting or I I did a race. I finished a race, and when I finished the race, I was good to never play it ever again. Demoniaca, Demoniaca, <laughs> Everlasting Night, is a Castlevania Metroid-like, what some people call a Metroidvania-like, and it doesn't look too bad, especially the character model that you play as, outside of her cleavage being a bit excessive. The backgrounds are a bit more muddy and don't look as great. And there's a lot there. It could be good, but I think the the combat is just a little bit too sluggish. And it is very Symphony of the Night if you got your save room. Like it just, it's very all that. And, and the one thing that's a little annoying though is that you have your map and it just shows you where secret rooms are. It doesn't tell you exactly how to get there. But when you look at the map and you see where they are, I mean, you're not left with many options of how to get there. So that's a bit disappointing because it takes away the thrill of finding secret rooms because you're not finding anything. Sure, you're 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 figuring out how to get there, what wall is breakable, but outside of that, it's just like, okay, no surprise. But the combat just feels a little bit too sluggish, and there's there's a lot to the combat. They have some fighting game-esque moves you know, like a, a quarter circle button press that'll do a little like super punch, etc. And I like a lot of the game uh, or what the game is throwing out there conceptually. I just don't think it plays well enough to warrant sticking with it. It is something you could get used to potentially, but it just isn't something that I would play unless I had nothing else to play. And as you all know, I have more than enough on my plate. And, and just like visually, it's it's somewhat reminiscent of uh, Blood Rain and her character design and everything. And if you think that's cool and you haven't already played, there is a Blood Rain Metroidvania type of game. I think it was called Blood Rain Betrayal, which did get... In HD, I mean, it was already in HD, I think, right? Yeah. But it got a, a remaster, I believe, recently on the last generation of consoles, which, of course, is playable on the current generation of consoles. And I believe it has some stupid, cheeky, blood-sucky name to go with the, the remaster thing, you know, like Remeowstered. But that's for cats, not for bloodsuckers. But yeah. Just play that instead, if you haven't already. Breakneck City is a beat-em-up, and it is... <sighs> it has to be one of the worst games I've played in a really long time. It is so janky. The music, the audio is incredibly obnoxious. Visually, it kind of looks okay, but there are weird choices made visually, and it just plays like ass. It is just 
a borderline baffling game that I streamed for like 15 minutes and I could not understand what the fuck I was playing the whole time. There, there are hints or whatever your tutorial when you're first starting out that tell you of things you can do but don't tell you how you can do them. And I believe this game also has no control scheme thing in the settings. I don't even remember. I don't think it had much of a settings thing going on either. I don't I don't believe I could adjust the audio. Because at least in Demonica, Demoniaca, the, the music was incredibly annoying. It got really grating real fast but i could just turn it down i don't believe there's any ability to adjust the audio in breakneck city but one of the weird choices visually is that when you get close to the screen when you get into the the foreground the bottom just is all black they haven't like just extended the ground or done something visually to signify you can't go any further down but it's still, there's still the environment there or some part, like, it's just black screen. If you go to the side and you reach the end of a building or something, it's just black. There were times where half the screen was just black because I was at a point where I couldn't, like, those those just weren't part of the accessible environment. And there were instances where it just looked like I couldn't go anywhere because a door was only or a gap was only visible if I was in a very specific corner of the screen. Otherwise, I would just have to move in the right direction until finding a gap in the wall because it's just there was no visual indication of where a gap was. Then the comet just doesn't feel good. It feels... It's not that it feels sluggish, but that the input delay feels... Like, it feels off. It feels like there is a noticeable enough delay between pressing a button and seeing it happen. It seemed like it it fluctuated and, and differed with different types of actions, but the comet did not feel good at all. Your dashing ability, which is how you like grab pickups, it tells you, but never tells you how to dash, is not mapped to any of the buttons, but the right analog stick. You just push that in direction to dash, which isn't a bad way of dashing, but the funny thing is you have infinite dash, there's no stamina meter, and if you just hold it down, you essentially are just ice skating on the ground. And it makes an incredibly annoying sound when you do it so that you can ice skate and just blow your eardrums out from the annoyingness that is the audio of dashing around. And then I accidentally dashed into some pipe or something so that it would just completely reset the audio and everything immediately. And when that happened, it had to be one of the most grating sounds I've heard in a video game maybe ever. It might be the worst sound I've ever heard in a video game. I wanted to blow my brains out when that happened accidentally. It was the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Not literally, but it was fucking, it was pretty, it was pretty horrible. And there were there were times where you can interact with the environment. So if you find poles, you can swing around them and attack enemies. But there's no stamina again. And you don't have to press anything or do anything to keep spinning. So if you find a pole and you're surrounded by enemies, just grab onto the pole. 
Don't think anything's trippery, you sicko. But just grab the pole and put the controller down and watch your character spin and spin and spin and spin and just knock out everyone until they're all dead. And then you can pick up the controller again and continue moving forward. A little bit weird. A bit weird there. And <laughs> it's just like... I plan to do some kind of video for it. Because it is just... It's not a good game. And I don't want to make fun... I'm like The intention of the video that I want to hopefully put out there and not doing this show is something that would allow me to have the time to do stuff like that is to just show how weird it is. I don't want to make fun of it. I don't want to come across as mean because I'm like even talking now, I'm not trying to be mean. I hope I'm not coming across as mean. I'm just sort of baffled by a lot of the choices made with the game and how like when I look at a game like breakneck city, when I'm playing it, and when I'm thinking back on it, I think to myself, did anyone actually play this when they were making it? Did they have QA testers? I mean, it's a small game, so probably no QA test. Like, did nobody think, like, am I am I weird in finding so much of this weird? Because it's just like, the, the, the font usage is horrible. There are times where the font is behind parts of the environment so there was a, there was a part where a bit of the text was on the screen and a little bit like you could you could see what it spelled out but part of the text was just hidden behind a street light not in front of it and not with like some kind of outline or draft shadow or something to make it pop and stick out above the environment, but behind it, covered a little bit by the pole and the light that was coming out of the the top of it. It's weird. It's a very weird game. And then Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning is the the remaster of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. And I this is a game that I want to revisit in its entirety soonish because. What I love about this version is that it's all the same content. They've added a bit of DLC. I think it's called the Fatesworn DLC, which sadly you have to beat the game, the main game, before you can experience it. So I, I haven't been able to experience it, even though I'd like to. And there's no there's no system in place like there are in some other games. I believe Titan Quest, those re-releases had this where it'll auto-level you up and put you into the the right space or whatever so that you can just do DLC if you've, say, already beaten the game on other platforms when it originally came out, etc., and just want to experience that DLC. That's a little bit annoying. I wish every game with DLC of that kind had something of that in place. But what I really love about Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning is that you have the same great base game there the combat feels good just the gameplay in general feels good i like the art and the aesthetic i i never got too into the world or the story because i i just don't think it had the most interesting writing or, or story in general but they do one thing that wasn't available in the original release that can make it feel like a completely new game 
And that has given you the ability to adjust the camera's orientation and distance from the on-screen character. And what this does is the, the, the regular camera is very close in and, and low to the ground. And it makes it feel like a Fable game or a Witcher game or any type of third-person action-adventure game where you're very close in on the character. But in Re-Reckoning, you are able to pull the camera back incredibly far and raise it higher, so that's at a higher angle, and turn off the auto-follow mode so that it's not always adjusting on its own. And what this does is it, it turns Re-Reckoning into from a, a, a Fable-like, a Witcher-like, etc. It, it turns it into, uh, from one of those, into a Diablo-like. Uh, a hack-and-slash action RPG. And it doesn't change the game's content. It doesn't change the game's gameplay. It does get a little wonky when you're in indoor environments like caves or whatever where if you get into a corner or a tight space you can see outside of the geometry and it, it, it can get a little distracting there but it's not that bad but it makes re-reckoning feel like a genuine brand new game like a brand new experience it makes it feel like it's something new something fresh of course if you've never played it it'll feel fresh no matter how you decide to look at the game, uh, you know, whatever control or camera settings you use. But if you're someone like me who played the original and did a lot of side quests and just loved the first game, I, I genuinely loved the first game, despite not giving a shit about the story. I just had so much fun being in that world, leveling up, and just the, the, the gameplay was really, really fun. For someone like me, it allows me to re-experience the game that I love so much in a way that it's almost like playing a new game. And I am very, very, very excited to some sometime this year revisit the game in its entirety via that way. And yeah, I, I highly recommend Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. It does regularly go on sale, so if you've never played it, or even if you have, again, because like me, you can you can experience it in a fresh new way. I I definitely think it's worth checking. It's, you know, it's been it's been out for a while now, but uh, definitely, 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 give it a give it a go if you're a fan of action RPGs, because I feel like with the majority of those, like The Witcher is an exception solid story and all that i think the fable games had pretty good i think i think the fable games or at least fable 2 really succeeded with some of the side quests more so than the main story but i i enjoyed those worlds and worlds and stories overall but i feel like a lot of action rpgs unless you're a diehard fantasy person i, I think it's easy to just like ignore the stories of those games or for them to go in one ear and out the other so I, I don't think the story issues are really that big like the Diablo games for instance I'm sure there are people who care about those stories 
I've really only played Diablo 3. I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in Diablo 3. Uh, and this is kind of maybe only true with... I'm thinking about this. I'm like, maybe this is only true with action RPGs. Where it's real-time action combat. Because I'm thinking of stuff like Divinity Original Sin, which is... You know, if you just look at the screenshots, you could say it's, oh, that's just like a Diablo game. But it's turn-based. And with those games, I really enjoy the story. I think the story is the reason to play those games. Uh, the the Disco Elysium. It's different, you know, because it's all talky or whatever. But, like, that's also, like, turn-based. I, I actually have no idea how Diablo, uh, Disco Elysium plays. But uh, that is something where the story seems to be the reason to play. So, like, you know. Whatever. You fucking you 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 get it. Anywho. That uh that's it. That is it. That is it it it. Not just for this week, but for all weeks. Uh it's it's been a thing, man. I I, I really, really appreciate all of the support through all the years for the many, many Many, many, many hours y'all have listened to me going on and on about this and that. It really does mean a whole bunch to me. Again, I'm not going anywhere. This isn't the end of Pixelated Sausage. Just this here podcast. So if you aren't already a listener or watcher of Attack the Backlog, be sure to check that show out, which is all about me getting through my backlog. Each episode is focused on one game and one game only. It is available in audio form on podcast platforms across the globe, as you all know, because I say that at the end of every one of these shows. And it's also available on YouTube, which is the better way to check them out. I'm also putting them all on the Twitch now, because you can have videos on Twitch of that ilk. So they're on there, too, for people who want to check those things out. And speaking of Twitch, I am streaming that's the thing I do now. I do that weekdays, sometimes even on the weekends. I may even start streaming more since I'm not going to have this particular podcast weighing me down. And yeah, that is where I stream all the games I play for Attack of the Backlog, as well as other things too. But uh, with that said, yeah, that's that's going to do it. So, uh, one last time, let us do our little plugs and call it a night. That is it. That is all. That will do it for this year episode. This year existence of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Pixelated, pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Hersmaze. Y'all can find me on the Twitters at PX Sausage. And pretty much everywhere else at PX Sausage. On the Twitters and pretty much everywhere else. That's how I do it, right? I'm all flustered. I don't even know how I end the show anymore. You can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com where you can find Attack the Backlog. You used to be able to find this podcast. Can you anymore? I don't think so. I mean, it's still there. It ain't going anywhere. The archives, that is. But uh, nothing new. To report there, but you can find Attack the Backlog there, which is available on podcast platforms across.
across the globe. You can also check out me streaming games over at twitch.tv slash pxsausage. Like the games I play for a tad, the backlog, and random games, you know, like Breakneck City. I was playing a bit of that. I play Apex Legends there, of course, and more. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of it's at the backlog, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash pixelated sausage is where you can find the videos I make, like the videos for Attack the Backlog and future content that I am excited to work on and put out there. I've got a lot of things that I want to do. I've been thinking and brainstorming stuff that I'm excited to work on and put out there and see what sticks. And yeah, should be a good time. But all of that is over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. Speaking of pixelated sausage, that is a site. Again, I think I already said it, like everything's out of order. You know, again, pixelated sausage.com. That's where you can find everything that is of important. Yeah. Like the art I do, that's also there. And if you see something you like, you could purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening, whether you're a new listener, an old listener, whatever. I, I just appreciate you listening at all for any duration. It, it really has meant the world to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, a wonderful rest of your week, a lovely, lovely weekend, and a wonderful, terrific, beautiful, amazing rest of your whatever, forever life. If this was the only show you enjoyed and you don't care about anything else, and this is goodbye, I appreciate your, your many years of being there. Thank you, everyone. Love you all. Bye.